apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Annie Mac Home is an equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RNJ. I'm Steve Risser, along here with Justin D'Onofrio. So this week is the NFL Combine, but the biggest story uh, going into uh, this week in the NFL is what the Bears are going to do at quarterback going into the season. The big question is, is are they going to stick with Justin Fields, who got hot and struggled early, but got hot in the second half, or are they going to take a, are they going to draft a quarterback with the number one pick? Like then that quarterback is likely to be uh to be Caleb Williams so it's it's a it's gonna be a very it's a very interesting situation with, with that team uh, seeing what 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 they're gonna do and what seeing what they're gonna do I mean it's 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 it, it'd be uh, four weeks in it was pretty obvious of what they probably were gonna do they probably were going to move off from Justin Fields but these last you know seven games he played after the injury eight total touchdowns three picks went four and three as a starter it's it's a very very interesting situation but for me I I'm moving on from him and the re- the reason why now if I had, if the if 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 if, if, if the Bears are the number nine pick I would not move on from him I would give him another year but I would move on because of the potential you have with Caleb Williams Caleb Williams definitely has a higher ceiling and the other issue with just and the other reason why is is Justin Fields the 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 uh, Justin Fields the plays worse when the in the fourth quarter just the, when the game gets be- when the game is on the line Justin Fields plays worse. 
I mean, he is since 2021, he has 16 interceptions in the fourth quarter. Last year, in the fourth quarter, he had three touchdowns and six picks. And there were three times he had a the Bears had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter, and they lost three of those games. To, to the Broncos, to the Lions, and to the Browns. Three times they, they, they gave up a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter and, with, with Justin Fields as their quarterback. So it's a very tough call for Ryan Poles, but I think they're leaning towards moving on, and I would move on as well and draft Caleb Williams. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's time to move on in the position that they're in right now, the Bears. Um, he, played really down, he played really well down the stretch, and week 18 – they were going up against Green Bay, a chance to kind of knock them out of the playoffs. And and that was a 430 CBS game, Romo and Jim Nance in the call. And he threw for 180 yards in that game. Like, he, you know, and they lost. Like, if he went out there, threw for 250, 300, they beat him. I think, you know, he makes a case of maybe, you know, hang on to him for another year to, you know, to see what the future is like. But when you have a guy like Caleb Williams who, you know, he's got the potential to be a generational quarterback and be the elite. If you pass on him and keep Justin Fields and he goes on to win two Super Bowls with Washington and he and he turns into a Hall of Fame quarterback, it's going to be a huge miss for Chicago. And I don't think you could pass that up. And I, I think Chicago's got to draft uh, Caleb Williams and move on for Justin Fields. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, just the, the, the problem with Justin Fields is the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter is just a terrible quarter for him, and you don't want your quarterback playing his worst football at, at, at the end at the end of games. And that's been Justin Fields' biggest issue. Yes, the, the Fields defenders are going to make excuses for him. Oh, he doesn't have a tough receivers. Doesn't have a good defense. Well, last year they went out and got him DJ Moore instead of drafting you know Bryce Young or CJ Stroud with their number one pick. They traded down. They they traded down and got DJ Moore in that trade with the Carolina Panthers. They also in the middle of the season got Montez Sweat. And that defense was much improved with Montez Sweat on that defense. I mean, you look at the Lion game. They only gave up 14 points for three quarters. You look at the Browns game. They only gave up seven points in three quarters. So, so I mean, you, you can make your excuses for Justin Fields. But just, yeah, the, 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 the fourth quarter just has just been it has just has just been terrible. has been terrible for him. Yeah, the, I get it. The kid has talent. The kid is a, is a really good athlete. He's really talented. He just hasn't been able to get it. I mean, he's not been terrible. But when if you have a choice to get a guy like a Caleb Caleb Williams, a guy that could change your Francis or Justin Fields, I think you just have to take Caleb Williams. And also, if you take Caleb Williams, you got a quarterback on a rookie deal, so you're you'll be able to pay Jalen Johnson, who could 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 be a pending free agent. You're able to pay pay you're able to build that roster around him. Where if you have Justin Fields, eventually you're gonna have to pay Justin Fields in, in a year or two. You're gonna have to pay Justin Fields. So, yeah, I I am definitely a proponent of the bears drafting a quarterback with this pick and trading fields away. Yeah. Yeah. I exactly agree with you. Um, yeah. The, your last point too, about the uh, rookie deal, having quarterback gets, that's huge. You know, that's we're able to kind of build your team around, keep some of your younger pieces, which they do have. And we kind of saw them get better this year, you know, defensive side of the ball, um, especially. So yeah, I, I think too, to kind of helps, it helps you kind of, it, it's easier for, you know, when you have that quarterback on a rookie deal, it's easier to kind of pay some of those other guys and make your run, you know, why, why he's still in that rookie deal. And, yeah, you're going to have to pay Justin Fields 
probably you know like he's probably gonna be asking for 35 40 million like that's pretty much what all these quarterbacks are gonna want nowadays yeah even you know, even if you're like just like daniel jones daniel jones got 40 million like, like the great quarterbacks are asking for 56 to 60 million now but like the middle the, the average quarterbacks you're gonna have to still pay him 35 million a year yeah which that's that's a lot. I know the side cat just went off, but that's still a big chunk of your salary cap that you're going to one position and you know, it's going to be a problem down the road. So yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's for the bears, unfortunately, you know, for Justin Fields, you're going to have to move on to trade him, and, you know, we'll see where he goes and uh, you know, yeah, maybe he goes on somewhere else and it's going to be tough for that team that trades him. Cause you only got one year or two to figure out if you want him to be your future quarterback or not. So it's going to be a tough decision for that team that ends up, trading for him but um i think the best move for the bears again is moving on yeah and you talked about rookie deals and really over the last decade with quarterbacks we've seen teams have success remember seattle with uh, russell wilson he was on a rookie deal they got to two super bowls you go you go to jared goff with the with the rams he was on a rookie deal uh they got to the super bowl you look at the eagles in 2017 with carson with carson wentz him being on that rookie deal helped them build a roster that even without him they were able to beat the patriots in the super bowl uh, you look, you, 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 you keep going up even Patrick Mahomes in 2019, you know, that's, 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 that's another example there. Joe Burrow in, 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 in 2021, there are so many examples that if you're, you have a quarterback on a rookie deal, you have a very, very good chance to have success in this league. And the bears are starting to build a D you said the bears starting to build a defense. They got DJ Moore. They very easily could draft Malik neighbors or Romo Dunze in the first round. So yeah, I just think I, I I just think yeah, you might it might hurt you in the short term. They might be a better team next year with Justin Fields, but in the long term, it could really really help this franchise if they move on from Fields and uh, and draft Caleb Williams. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, because Caleb, you know, everything you see when watching him the last couple of years, you know, he's got all the talent to be kind of you know one of the best QBs in the sport. You know, if it all comes together and you know, and if you know the Bears. You know, with DJ Moore, you know, and with the ninth pick you mentioned, you know, they have a very good shot to go draft another wide receiver for him. So, yeah, you know, he could be such a talented quarterback. And I think get for Fields, it's just, you know, yeah, he's he's had his moments and he's gotten better, but he just hasn't shown enough where you got a guy like, you know, Caleb Williams where you can go get in the wings and, and, and um, yeah, and somebody that's going to be on a cheaper deal, building in that defense, you know, that offensive line still needs some work and kind of upgrade that spot. I think they got about 50 million a cap this off season. So they can kind of go fix that, that as well. So yeah, I think for the bears, it's, um, and, and thing for the Bears, yeah, it's just, it's just on, you know, it's time that it's better off to trade Justin Fields. Yeah. At this point, I agree. I agree. It's just, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying the guy's bad. I think the guy could potentially turn into a franchise quarterback. It's just, the fourth quarter struggles are really what does it for me with Justin Fields. The fourth quarter struggles, that, 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 that's just that's the biggest issue. And you want your quarterback to be playing their best football late in the game, not their worst football late in the game. That's why I think the Bears should should move on from Fields and, uh, and draft a quarterback. And we'll probably know that decision pretty quickly. I think the Bears are going to make that decision within the next two weeks. They're definitely going to make that decision within the next week or two if they're going to move on or if they're going to draft a quarterback. It's, it's not going to be long when, when they make that decision. It's not going to be long for them. Uh, they're going to make that decision pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they will. And yeah, they'll, they'll figure out soon. And, um, I saw something this morning. Um, I guess some of the major sport books have taken down Justin Fields odds for the next team he's going to play for. So yeah, it sounds like it might be quicker 
sooner than the so it sounds like yeah it'd be sooner rather than later that we'll kind of figure out uh you know the the news on justin fields of where he's going exactly 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 so we'll see what happens there but we'll move on to the broncos and russell wilson and it looks like the broncos are going to move on from russell wilson the biggest question is what should the broncos plan be if they move on from wilson is it go out and maybe get try to sign a kirk cousins or is it draft a quarterback with, with stay at 13 and draft a quarterback or trade up to draft the quarterback. I think it's one or two options. I think they got to draft. I think you maybe stay at 13 and draft JJ McCarthy, or you move up to try to get one of those three guys. I think it's one or two options for the Broncos there. I don't think Kirk cousins makes that team that much, that much better for the future. It's really a two year deal if you get Kirk cousins, but if you draft someone, I think that is the smart move for Denver. This is big for Sean Payton. He's got to get his guy. He can't make any excuses. Now that he doesn't like the quarterback. He's got to get his guy. And he's got to and 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 they'll give him a they'll give if he has a rookie quarterback they'll give him probably they'll give him a year where he doesn't have to be that good next year but in 2025 he has got to get the job done he's got to get this this thing right with the quarterback if he wants to have a future as have a long if he wants to be with the Broncos as their head coach for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. You know that yeah, you know it's going to be a big year for him next year. You know with say you know it. Probably third year, we'll see what they do. Um, yeah, but it, yeah, after they bench Russell Wilson there at the end of the year, it you, you have to move on. You can't bring him back and have him be your starting quarterback next year. That just that's not going to work out for either party. So, yeah, you know, we'll see what they do at thirteen if they trade up. Um, yeah, because it'd be tough for him to get a veteran quarterback because you're, you know, because you're gonna have to cut what Russell Wilson. I can't imagine there's too many teams that are going to want to trade for him, and you're probably gonna have to eat a lot of dead money on that when you cut them and then they're already kind of in a tough situation with the cap that they're already in so yeah you're probably gonna have to go try to draft somebody and yeah you know maybe move up i know mccarthy slide there at 13 i know people have been high on the draft i just i you know didn't see it you know i didn't think he wasn't you know he had a really good college career i just again like those penn state games where he only he didn't throw the ball in the second half it's just like you know how is he doing those big spots? So like, I'm not sold on him yet for as a first round quarterback, but you know, maybe a guy like Sean Payton could, you know, really develop him, really improve him. But you know, cause you know, but, but yeah, so they might have to trade up for a guy, you know, um, to go get somebody. Cause yeah, I'm like McCarthy at 13, I think is a little bit of a risk, but you know, that's where they get stuck. Yeah. You might have to, you might have to draft him there and, or do you go in second round and try to get a Michael Penix or, you know, trade back in the first round, get him late. Or, or, so. or, 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 get, or get a Bo Nix. Yeah, yeah. In the yeah. second round, get a Bo Nix or a Michael Penix. That, that, that definitely is another option. Yeah, there's really three options. There's really four options for the Broncos. You either sign a veteran back, if I sign a veteran like a Kirk Cousins, you trade up to get Daniels, May, or, uh, or Williams, which is not likely because I don't think either of those three teams are going to give up the, those picks. Or, the, or stay home at 13 and take maybe a J.J. McCarthy or take that quarterback in the second round with Bo Nix or Michael Penix or, 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 or trade back in the first round. So, yeah, there are options with the Broncos, but I think not signing a, a – like a, like not going out and getting – like going out and getting Kirk Cousins I don't think is the solution. I think getting a McCarthy, getting a Nix or a Penix in the second round, get trading up for a Daniels or a, a Jane Daniels or a Drake May, I think that should be the option for the Broncos. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, yeah, getting some having a rookie come in, work under Sean Payton, you know, 
maybe you know maybe start the pen you know maybe sin them starts the first first game or two of the year by the let, let whoever they draft kind of sit a couple weeks don't force them in there and then you know but yeah i i think you know bringing in veteran guys probably not going to be their best option you know because most of those guys are probably going to want to go win somewhere too and denver's not really in a win now situation they still got some stuff to fix like would i be surprised they're a playoff team next year no i don't think it's likely but you know they did kind of start playing a little bit better towards the end of the year i thought but um yeah i i think going out getting a rookie trading back or trading up i know the patriots sound like they're open to trading a number three pick uh but i don't know obviously i don't know what what they have to give up denver would so um but yeah you know we'll see what they do there but it denver uh i think definitely better option there is drafting a rookie Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. It should be interesting to see what happens because it, just like Justin Fields, the Broncos probably in the next two weeks are probably going to move Russell Wilson. So, it'll be really interesting to see what happens what happens there. And for Wilson, I'm thinking a couple teams for him. I'm thinking Pittsburgh would be a really good fit because you got you got a uh, you, you you got some good receivers there with uh, with George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Uh, and you have a pretty good defense. I think that would be the best fit. New England definitely is a fit because of uh, New, New England is definitely a fit because you know they need a quarterback. Even though that roster is not as good as Pittsburgh's, and then you look at the, the Raiders. They they need a quarterback as well. And 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 that then with him and Devontae Adams, that wouldn't be a bad. That would be a pretty good connection there. But so uh, yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see what happens with 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 the Bron- with the Broncos doing. It's interesting to happen to see where Russell Wilson goes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, yeah, Pittsburgh. The Raiders could be two very intriguing spots for him. New England, I wouldn't mind him. I don't think he's a great leader, and I think we do need do need that as a quarterback. I don't know, but I wouldn't mind him there for a year because I don't want us to number three. I don't want us to like you know. I don't know. I'm kind of more sold right now on Marvin Harrison, you know, than drafting a quarterback. So I wouldn't mind getting a rookie, um, because I'm not sold on May or Jaden Daniels. So and obviously we're not getting Caleb Williams. So. I wouldn't mind that option there, but um, you know, going out get a, you know, Russell Wilson for a year or two and kind of take your time and really figure out what you want to do for the future uh, quarterback. But yeah, you know, be interested to see what where Russell Wilson goes and uh, you know, finishes up his career. Yeah, and I'd say for the Patriots, we'll get to this in later shows. I think they got to take a quarterback at number three. They got to reset this franchise. They got to take a quarterback at number three. I think that's a no brainer. I see where you're coming from. I'm just like. Unless you're really sold on a guy, I'm not sold on Mayor Daniels. I'm real, especially not Daniels. So I, I'm kind of like I rather get Marvin Harrison for now and really kind of figure out. I know next, but like the one thing is next year's QB class is not great either. So that's the thing. I just don't want to make another mistake, and then it's really just sending your franchise back another three, four years. I get it, but this, but I just think look, look at the teams that have turned their franchises around. Look at the Bengals with Joe Burrow. Look at the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence. Look at the Texans with uh with CJ Stroud. I mean, the quarterback is is turns your franchise around. I think the Patriots, yeah, starting getting Kirk Cousins is not going to turn the franchise around. Even getting if somehow they get Baker Mayfield, I don't think that turns the franchise. Even though he had a really good year last year, I don't think that turns the franchise around. A quarterback is, I think, a Jaden Daniels, a Drake May. That turns this franchise around, especially when you have to compete with Josh Allen and two in the AFC East. I mean, 
they've lost a lot of games to those two teams in the last four years because they both those teams have had the better quarterback. So I think it's got to start with the quarterback for the Patriots. Yeah, I know. But I just the thing is, too, is, again, it depends what they do in free agency. They do have a lot of cap space. But, like, right now with this offense, how many quarterbacks are going to be successful coming as a rookie? Like, I, I just yeah, think yeah, you're putting a guy in a bad spot. And I, I just – we just saw with Mac that yeah. he lost all confidence. Yeah, I know. I know. And, yeah, and a lot of that – part of that was Mac, but part of it definitely was yeah. the weapons that they put around him. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But we got to move on to the Bengals. And uh, uh, on Monday they franchised uh, T. Higgins. I mean – I think I, I, the interesting part of this is what are they going to do with T. Higgins? Are they going to come up to a long-term deal? Are they going to trade him for the season? Are they going to keep him? Uh, I think I, his cap hit now is a $22 million. I think they're going to keep him. I do think they're going to work out a long-term deal for for, uh, for Jamar Chase. And I don't think they're going to work out a long-term deal with T. Higgins, but I think he'll be on the roster this year. That's what I think. That's my prediction for, for what's going to happen with T. Higgins. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think they'll end up trying to figure out something at least for the short term. I know last offseason they were negotiating and they did not seem like they were close on both sides. So that would be interesting. But yeah, it sounds like they're open to trade them as well. If they don't find an extension here but with them. So, you know, which they would probably get a pretty good haul in return. Um, but yeah, I, you know, the thing is, yeah, their main, their main probably, prior, you know, he's going to be the number two behind Jamar Chase, you know, and probably – you know, some other teams that would probably go after him, he'd probably be a number one. So be interesting, you know, if he take me less money, be a two on the Bengals, or he wants more money and, and wants to be a one and, you know, and the Bengals end up do training him away. So yeah, it'll be interesting for him. And look, you know, he's been following on. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if, um, you know, if he, if he is, ends up being on the roster next, next season. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a guy though. If he, yeah, if he's on their roster and Joe Burrow stays healthy, they're obviously, I mean, one of the top teams in the AFC. We've seen that, you know, they've been the one team that's given Kansas City trouble in the AFC, and a big reason for that is Burrow and that receiving core of Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. So it's going to be hard. I think it's definitely going to be hard to keep those three long term and really get anyone else. They already have had to let Jesse Bates walk, one of the top safeties in the league. So it's it's just it's just going to be hard to keep all three. But I just think I, that's why I don't see him getting a long term deal this year. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that yeah, they, they get something. Yeah, they he, he's on the roster this year, but yeah, they they showed the find something long term because, yeah, you know, we talked about it with Fields and kind of what the Bears had to do. Yeah, that you know, with all these money the quarterbacks are getting, it, it's tough to kind of keep everybody around and kind of um, keeping that same core because so much money is going to the quarterback. So yeah, it's tough for these franchises. I know the cap keeps going up, but you know, it's it's still not enough to uh, keep everybody around what you're paying your quarterback. No, yeah, not not at all, not at all, not yeah. I mean, yeah, the cap goes up, but eventually, even though you can admit if you like the cap any way you want, you're eventually gonna have to make choices in free agency, and we'll see what the Bengals wind up doing. I mean, they, I think Higgins will be on the team for next year, but after that, I don't really know. So we'll see what ends up happening there. But we got to move on to the running backs, and that's kind of been a big story this week. Is they're gonna be a ton of them in free agency. You're gonna have Saquon Barkley in free agency. You're gonna have it looks like you look like you're gonna have Saquon in free agency. You look like you're gonna have Josh Jacobs in free agency. Derek Henry's gonna be in free agency. Austin Eckler's gonna be in free agency. DeAndre Swift's gonna be in free agency. These running backs are not getting franchised. And for Barkley and Jacobs, there's no surprise. I don't think it's really a surprise. They're not. They're probably not gonna get franchised. Barkley, yes, he's had, he's had a really good year, but I don't think the Giants want to go through that again, franchising him. They either want to come up to it with a long term deal or let him walk. And Jacobs. He didn't have as good of a year as he had last year. Yes, he missed four games due to injury. He, he, he only had, he only, he had like a, a little over 800 yards rushing. So 
I, I think that the, I, I, I think that uh, I'm not surprised that either, neither of those guys got franchised. No, you know, but yeah, you're not seeing any of these. It's the new world that the running backs are in right now. It's just not a position of, you know, of need. A lot of these teams kind of want to pick guys, you know, late in the draft and kind of just, you know, like the I, Isaiah Pacheco. That's kind of what all these teams are looking for nowadays, kind of paying the running backs on the cheap and they don't really want to pay them long term. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate because some of these guys are really, really good, but their shelf life is just not, it's, it, you know, they don't, they don't have a long shelf life in the league and, you know, if teams don't want to risk, you know, paying them, you know, big time contracts and, and, you know, having them miss a lot of time and them just not being the same. I like Davin Cook was what, 28, 29. He did nothing this year with the Jets. Like, you know, it's, it's unfortunate for the running backs, but you know, these teams got to make this, you know, um, it's just, it's a position where you're kind of coming up playing as a younger kid now playing football. You don't really want to be a running back because, uh, you do have a future as a pro it's, you know, you'll make more money playing the wide receiver position or, you know, pretty much any other spot than, than running back right now. Yeah, exactly. 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 And now we'll go through a, run, a couple of running backs and we'll talk about what the best fit for them is. We'll start with Saquon. And I hope, I honestly, I hope the giants give him a, not, I mean, not have him break the, you know, not, not have him reset the market, but I hope the Giants do bring him back because he is their best offensive player. Let's let's be honest. He's, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's kind of, it's not. I mean, it's not a, that's not, that's not a, a great thing to say because the Giant offense was not good at all last year. But he is still their best offensive player, and I and I wouldn't mind the Giants, you know, bringing him bringing him back. I know, especially with the salary cap going up, I wouldn't mind. I would. I, I'd want. I, I want the Giants to bring. I know. You don't want to give a running back a long-term deal, but he's your he's your best offensive player. So I wouldn't mind the Giants doing it, but I feel like the best fit for him is Houston. Here's why. You got a young quarterback. The one weakness on Houston's offense last year is they had trouble running the football. You got a young quarterback in CJ Stroud. You got a really good receiver in Nico Collins. To, to keep to get to get Saquon Barkley, I think th- this makes this Houston team a legitimate threat. I think it definitely makes him the favorite in the AFC South. I think it makes him a legitimate threat. To contend to get to the Super Bowl in the AFC, yeah, Houston's a good one. Um, I I went with the uh, LA Chargers. You know they're probably going to get rid of Austin Eckler. I know they're in some cap trouble right at the moment, but um, sounds like you know Jim Harbaugh and, and Greg Roman they want to get back to kind of a power rushing attack, and I think having to stake one Barkley would be really really beneficial for him and help him put you know Justin Herbert in the best kind of position to su- succeed. So. Um, in a late loaded AFC West where you got to, you know, where you do have the Chiefs, you know, we'll see what the Raiders do. Um, I didn't mean loaded, but you know, it's just, it's, you know, Chargers there, you know, Raiders have some talent, Denver, we'll see what they do. But, um, you know, in a loaded kind of AFC conference, they're gonna have to put up points with all the quarterbacks they're gonna have to go up against. And I think kind of adding Saquon Barkley there would, would be a nice piece of the puzzle for Jim Harbaugh. Absolutely. I think it'd be a really, really good piece to get. Yeah. And yeah, Saquon would be, and yeah, but I, I yeah, Houston or, 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 uh, or Houston or the Chargers, that'd be a really, really good place for Saquon. And, and, and talking about the Chargers, this leads me to, to, to our, to our, to, to Josh Jacobs. And I think that's his best fit. I think it's the Chargers. I think, I think, I know they're in some, ca- they're, they're, they got cap issues, but I, I think the Chargers are going to get rid of Mike Williams. They're going to trade Khalil Mack. I think they're going to try to get as under the cap as they can. To try to get you know to, a, to uh, try to try to get some cap space, and I, I and I think Josh Jacobs is, 
I think it's a good fit. Another team that struggled to run the football last year. And I think Josh Jacobs would be a really good fit with the Chargers. I went with the uh, Baltimore Ravens. I think, you know, I know they might go after Derrick Henry and that might be the number one option. But if Derrick Henry goes somewhere else, I think Josh Jacobs would be a very nice backup plan. Um, you know, we've seen they, they're, they're, you know, obviously run first um, offense. And the last few years, they've had a lot of unlucky injuries with the running backs they haven't been able to stay healthy and i think josh jacobs for the most part outside of this year has been pretty healthy um and i, I think that could be a potentially nice spot for josh jacobs to land with the uh, baltimore ravens yeah yeah and, and funny speaking of the ravens and derrick henry my best fit for him for him is the baltimore ravens it's gonna be the ravens that's my best fit for derrick henry i think he's the guy that get, i think he's the guy that helps him get over the top and he's the guy that Todd Munkin should use in a big game against the Chiefs mm-hmm. and run the football like he did last year. So, yeah, I would go with the Ravens for Derrick Henry. Yeah, for me, um, you know, I went to the te- I went with the Houston Texans. I think that, you know, they want to kind of – they're fixing this – or they're trying to speed up this rebuild here. Um, you know, they want to get as many target po- – or possible weapons for G- C.J. Stroud. Um, he's been inside the division – um and yeah you know Houston did not they were not great running the football last year I think he's somebody that can come in there be the number one back immediately and have uh be a threat as a you know be a, you know be a really good threat um on the ground play action game with CJ Stout so I think the Houston Texans would be a really nice fit for Derrick Henry yeah I think so too I I I, I definitely think so there so we'll wrap up talking about the uh, Chiefs offseason. And it looks like the Chiefs are the, today. They they they're they're planning on cutting uh, Marcus Marcus Valdez Scantling to save twelve million. Not a surprise there. You get he's not good enough to be. Uh, let's be honest. He's been lucky to be with the quarterbacks that he's been with. I mean, so yeah, I mean, that's not a surprise there. And uh, it looks like they're going to tag Legarius Need. It's less money to tag Snead than it would be to tag Chris Jones. But it looks like they. It looks like though with some, with some of their actions that they're planning on maybe trading Legereus need and they're cutting Marcus Valdez Scantling. I think they're going to go all in to sign Chris Jones. And I think they have to, he's their Patrick Mahomes on defense. He's a top three defensive tackle in the NFL. I think if you're the chiefs, you have to go all in on re-signing Chris Jones. Even if you have to trade Legereus need, because let's, let's be honest, Legereus need had a really good year, but he had Trent McDuffie on the other side, Chris Jones. I'm telling you, they're super, they, 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 he's, he's, he's been there, been, clearly their best player on defense in this run. You saw the pressure he put on Brock Purdy at the end of the game in that Super Bowl on that third and four. He's the he's their he's their he's their guy to stop the run and get after the quarterback. So, I think the Chiefs are go, I think Chris I think they're going to uh, they're going to tag Sneed like they're planning on doing. I think they'll eventually trade Sneed and I think they give Chris Jones a, a I know he's getting up there in age and he's getting up to he's I think he's like around 30, but I think they gave him a Big big contract. Even though even though he might not be that good at the end of that contract, I I think they give Chris Jones a big contract to stay in Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, Chris Jones. Yeah, he's uh he is twenty nine. So and he'll turn thirty in this summer. So yeah, he's gonna be. But yeah, he's been one of their best pass rushers. He's been their best pass rusher the last couple of years. Yeah, you know he was a huge kind of um you know huge part of that defense this year. Yeah, huge part of the two bowl win again. You mentioned getting pressure on Brock Purdy um, on that third down play. So, yeah, I, I think they got to find, you know, and that, and he's been a big part of why that defense has gotten better the last couple of years with, and, you know, the secondaries gotten better as well with, with Snead and McDuffie and those, those guys that they, they've been able to get, get through the draft. 
Um, but yeah, I, you got to go out and go get, you know, everybody kind of needs that big time pass rusher, like a Chris Jones, that can get to the quarterback and yeah, you know, and like week one, they kind of missed them a little bit. You know, they didn't really get a ton of pressure on Jared Goff. Um, but yeah, I, I think they got to find a way to kind of sign him long-term here, keep him around. Uh, especially the way Spags wants to play defense, you know, he, he wants to, you know, he wants to blitz you, especially on third down. And, you know, you, you would love to have a guy like Chris Jones kind of be a part of that. Cause he is so good at getting the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, you definitely, you definitely want to keep Chris Jones. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's, he's just, he's the, as we said, he's the Patrick, he's their Patrick Mahomes on defense. I mean, I know he's getting up there in age. I know Steed is younger, but does Sneed make the impact that Chris Jones does on the game? No, he, he absolutely. I, I like Jerry Sneed. Don't get me wrong. He's really had one good one good year. Did really a lot of people, a lot of average fans, even know who Jerry Sneed was before that before this year. Uh, Chris Jones, they've known who he has been for a long time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Chris Jones did. He's been a force in the league for what eight years now, I believe. So yeah, Sneed had a really nice year, but. You know, you, you still got McDuffie. And yeah, you could probably go find another a second kind of cornerback there on the other side of McDuffie. And it's tough to replace a guy like Chris Jones um, that's got the pass rushing ability that he does. So, yeah, you know, their, their defense is a huge part where their offense this year, they struggled most of the year to get out, you know, to score more than 20 points at Chiefs offense did. So their defense is a huge part of kind of what kind of – won them a lot of games early on in the year until they kind of they often figured themselves out and um so yeah i think he think he's got to be a big part of their plans offensively and for the future so yeah they definitely got to get something done with him oh uh, yeah absolutely and 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 the, th- and the thing is, is you talk about their offense no that's scantling's not really a loss they they could draft the receiver in the first round or second round to replace his production easily Easily, so that's not that big of a loss. This is a really good move for them, saving up that cap space to get Chris Jones re-signed. I, I, I like, I like, I really like this move, cutting Valdez Scanlon. Yeah, yeah, to save twelve million in cap is, uh, you know, definitely something that they could they could take right now. Um, yeah, because it's a pretty good wide receiver class that's coming in, and there's a couple guys kind of going to probably go down you know, towards the end of the first round, like uh, Xavier Worthy out of Texas, Keon Coleman, Florida State. Like, there's a couple guys you can get there late in the first round that, you know, could be um, potential, like, really good wide receivers, um, you know, day one, especially with a guy like Patrick Mahomes throwing you the football. So, um, I think, yeah, they, they could get rid of, um, you know, getting rid of Scanlings. Uh, it's, you know, I think it's going to help. And, yeah, they can go draft somebody that could be, you know, See if they can find that kind of number one. You know, Rashid Rice kind of has shown, you know, he had some good moments this year that he can kind of be a number one. But um, outside of that, you don't really trust too many other guys in this offense. Yeah, exactly. Or wide receiver, I mean. Yeah, oh, yeah. Rashid Rice is, I mean, he's not great, but he's their guy. He's the guy you trust. Him and Travis Kelsey are the guys you trust for Patrick Mahomes. This is, this is guys he can throw the ball to. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. And we'll be definitely talking a lot of NFL offseason next week because of the franchise tag deadlines. We'll be talking a lot about that and then free agency. So, we'll be talking a ton of NFL offseason in the next couple of weeks. But the UConn has dropped to the number three team in the country, and they are trying to get they are trying to get reven- uh, trying to get revenge from one of their early season losses in the Big East. But before we talk about that, we are going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. 
Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All right, so, so UConn is number three. In the AP poll this week, they dropped after their loss to Creighton. Uh, Purdue, they dropped below Purdue, and they dropped uh, below uh, Houston, which not a huge surprise. I knew Purdue won those two games. I knew Purdue was going to win those two games. So I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised about Houston. They won a big game at Baylor. UConn still has not beaten a ranked team on the road since 2014, which is a crazy stat there because they'll get a, they'll get a crack at it though on next uh, at a week from today at Marquette, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised they're number three. And it really doesn't really matter if they're number three or number two or no, even number one. Not really. And the fact they held the number one ranking as long as they did. They held the number one ranking for like a month. So yeah, six weeks. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not surprised they're number three. So I I don't have really any issues with it. No, I'm not either. You know, like I you know, you can't take too much stock. Like if it was one thing if it was committee members, like the people picking on selection Sunday, you, you know, then yeah, you know, there'd be a little bit I Definitely take more stock into it, but like, you know, half the writers, I don't even know who they are anyways, and I don't think they watch college basketball. So <laughs> like I've seen you for the show. Like South Florida, awesome story. Um, AAR, the former Kennesaw State coach, he's done a heck of a job South Florida year one. Like, you know, they've been a lot of fun to watch. They're 93 in the net. Down there 25 in the top 25 AP poll. They're not getting that large bid. It's a great story. It's great to see those guys in it, but they're not the 25th best team in the country. So you can't take too much side. I could go through a lot. Like Kansas, not top 10 team. Duke's not a top 10 team, you know, like, you know, I go through and pick it, pick a lot through it. So yeah, you know, number three, I figured, you know, after Purdue, even though they strolled that Michigan there for a while, they're bad this year. And Houston, yeah, they went on the road and beat a Baylor team. They almost did drop a 
They almost blew a 22-point lead, but they found a way to win an overtime. So um, I wasn't shocked there that that they uh, took the number one uh, spot this week. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Yeah, I mean, you beat a team like Baylor on the road. I think you should you should have the number two. You should have the number one spot. We'll see how long that Houston keeps it. But yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's, there's no surprise. It's it's no surprise uh, for, for for me. And and UConn, they just you know they just keep it was it was one loss to Creighton. I, you know they'll get another chance to beat a really play a really good Marquette team in a in a week from today. So yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised at all with the number three three uh, spot spot in the rankings. But we got to get to their game on Sunday again. It's weird. They have actually, a, they don't play during the week. They just play on Sunday. It's it's weird. I think it's more of the schedule now. The schedule kind of got spaced out this year. I feel like uh, this would typically be the last week of the season and the next week would be the tournament. But I think they, uh, they, 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 they I don't know why they extended I, the season. You, you know why? They I did? think it's because there's five weekends in March. I think that's why. Because I, I think you oh, got the okay. extra weekend. That's because okay. they always do it the weekend before the Masters is the is the final four so oh, it's okay. always planned like that so okay. i think that's why it's all right weird this okay. year gotcha gotcha and the masters is always the second week in april yep yep so that's why it's weird this year a little bit weird yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me it is it is a little weird but 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 still i mean uconn playing seton hall and let's not forget seton hall did beat uconn in the first big east game during the year it's weird. They beat UConn, but they're on the bubble. I think those losses to Iowa and those losses to USC and those losses to Rutgers are definitely coming back. Are definitely coming back to, to hurt. I think they lost to they lose to Villanova too. At Villanova, I think they got crushed to Villanova as well. So yeah. yes, yes. So some of those losses are coming back are, are coming back to bite them. But they got one of the best players in the Big East coming to stores on Sunday with Kadari Richmond. I mean, and Drew Dre Davis is pretty good. Dows is a pretty good shooter. So I I do I do think this won't be the Villanova game. I think they'll stay in it. I mean, stay in it pretty much for most of the second half. But I think eventually UConn will pull away. I think UConn wins. I'm, I'm just going to say, like, you know, I'm going to say, you know, 70, like 78 to like 69, 78 to 70. I think I think it's a good game, but I think UConn pulls away late. I think they'll shoot the ball much better from three-point range they did when, when they played in Newark. I mean, because uh, Caravan and Spencer did not have good games. I think Spencer's going to have another good game. I think Spencer's going to have another good game. Caravan's got to pick it up, but I think he'll – a pretty good game, Klingon. And the other thing about that loss too is Klingon got hurt in that game. That was the biggest thing. Klingon got got hurt in that Seton Hall game. So uh, yeah, so I, I do think that it's going to be you know a a close game for 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 most of the game. But I think UConn pulls pulls away with like four or five minutes to go. Yeah, I think this thing's going to be close pretty much the entire way. I just think the way the thing about Seton Hall is you know you talked that Nova game, Kadari Richmond, I. I don't think he played that day, or he um, he did. But the problem was he was not engaged. Like, when he's not engaged, they're in a lot of trouble. Like, you know, he missed a couple weeks because he had soreness or something. Like, you know, I would assume this is one of the games where he's going to, you know, come out by 100%. But, you know, it's it's a Seton Hall team that's not a great shooting team. And UConn likes to pressure you the minute you get over half court. And Seton Hall, there was a lot of drive-bys. And you mentioned when they lost Klingon, like they were not – when Klingon was off the floor, they really showed defensively. And, you know, he got foul trouble, and then he got hurt there in the second half. So, um, he only in, in like 14 minutes, he had 14 points, seven rebounds. Um, you know, and I think he had a block shot or two as well. So, he made a huge impact in the 15 minutes or so he played in that game. So, for, C, for UConn, it's – you know, Seton Hall, they're not a great – 
three point shooting team that really only guy you got to um is really, Dallas really? really what it's Dallas right it's from three point right Dallas yep yeah, yep. yeah, he's shooting about 36% on the year. So that's the only really guy, you know. Dre Davis is a really good mid-range guy. Kadari Richmond, same thing, mid-range guy. So uh Hall has been a pest. They're really good defensively. They're gonna guard you for 30 seconds. You know, you kind of you know, even last year when they came to the gamble, Cena Hall played really well, and then Kadari Richmond hurt his back late in that game. And um, I think that's when you kind of kind of pulled away there a bit and you know, seen all really struggled to find anybody who else who could score the basketball. But yeah, I think, you know, at home, senior day, I do think UConn does find a way to knock off Seton Hall. Um, and then hopefully, you know, that should, uh, cause Marquette's got to go to Creighton Saturday. So Creighton should win. So that, you know, so by Sunday, you should have the Big East. As long as you beat Seton Hall, you, you, you would have to clinch it, I believe. So, um, all they so hopefully they win Sunday, they get it done. And because uh, I would like it too, because you mentioned the schedule, they got eight, you know, they'll have eight days off after you know this week, and then you play three games in six days. And you know, it's you know, that's going to be a tough stretch next week, yeah. You know? And they're going to be two brutal games next week. You got you got to go to Marquette and then you got to go to the dunk. I mean, I'm not, I'm not calling it the, the man, come on now, no. you got to go to the dunk on Saturday night, and that place is going to be going crazy on Saturday night because yeah. they're going to be playing for their. They're trying to get into the tournament. They're trying to get into the mm-hmm. tournament. That place is going to be – that place – Seton Hall is too. That Seton Hall-Providence game, which very easily could be the 4-5 game of the Big East tournament, yeah. that's going to be really interesting with both teams are going to fight into the tournament. But going back to the next Saturday night, that place is going to be crazy on Saturday night at the dunk. The dunk is going to be crazy for that UConn-Providence game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they're going to need that game. Um, like Their life depends on it. And the one thing is, though, about that, Providence is on uh, spring break. So I don't. They might, yeah. The students may not be there. Yeah, because I was just I because I know my sister. She had like she does not have tickets when they're not. So like none of the winter break games she had tickets to. So you know, there's probably still gonna be students that show up, of course. But like it might not be the full. Do they have spring you know, break? Does it start? Does it start on front? Is it is it the back end of it or is it the front end of it? it so it's the yeah, it's the back end of it. Oh, so, oh okay. So oh, wow. like I so don't they might know. not have the students there. Yeah, that might not that might that might work well for UConn there. Yeah, it might. See, probably still gonna need that game. So like that's still gonna be a very tough one. But yeah, it may not be as rowdy as you think. Even though last year's game still wasn't there on break, so who knows? But I like that game clinched. I would like the Spencer Caravan sit down a bit because UConn are because the thing is too, UConn's got the one seed locked, they got Boston and Brooklyn locked. Like nobody else is gonna Nobody else is within distance of it's going to take that. Yeah, but I don't so think like, they have. I don't think they have the overall number one C locked up. Oh though. no, but I think they're they have they 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 uh I think they they, they have the number one C of the Big East tournament. But what do you mean like Boston and Brooklyn? You think they're going to be sent there for the tournament? Oh yeah, because nobody else is like regionally going to take that spot from you. And I because I think the the three number one seeds for the NCAA tournament are locked. It's you know UConn, Houston, and um UConn, Houston, and and Purdue. I think Arizona, Tennessee, even Marquette, they went out and won the biggest tournament, probably going to get there. But, you know, they're probably, you know, so, but like they're not, their closest ones, you know, they're probably going to be shipped out west. So that's why, too, like I would love for them to clinch, kind of just play some of the freshmen that night and just, you know, don't get anybody which, hurt. Which one? The, the Providence game. game. 
Yeah. I don't I don't know if they're gonna really do but, that. I think I think Hurley's no, I not, not Hurley's up, Hurley ain't giving up a game to Providence. I guarantee you that Hurley's not giving up games to Providence and Marquette to, to rest people because they're going for the overall number one seed, I think. They're, yeah. Even if they clinch the big east on Sunday, they're gonna be going for the overall number one seed. Oh, I know, yeah, I know they will. Marquette, especially when you did the Marquette, they are gonna they Marquette's I know it's Xavier, which uh, Sean Miller might be uh, taking. I thought it was Creighton, but uh, it was McDermott. But I don't think Sean Miller might get that uh, Ohio State job. So they may have checked out in DePaul. No, it looks know, like DePaul, it looks but... like Xavier could be checking out a little bit. Yeah, it looks like he's. Yeah. I, it looks like Miller's eyeing that uh, that that job at mm-hmm. Ohio State. From seeing the way Xavier's been playing, it looks like you know he's he's been checked out a little bit. But yeah, uh, Sunday's a game for UConn. They should win. And if there's a good chance to clinch that seed, and I'm gonna throw a little bit of a curve here, because you know it's it's Big East basketball, we know it, we know it really well. I'll throw a bit of a curve for Saturday's game between Marquette and Creighton. I think I do think like we're hoping Creighton wins, and I think Creighton does get the win. I think they get the win over Marquette because I saw the way Marquette struggled at, at UConn on on the uh, on the uh, on on the on the, on the uh, 17th. Yeah, yeah, they did. You know, Marquette and um, they they played back like in December and. Um, Charmin had a really good game. You know, Marquette won by five. Um, you know, Cole didn't, you know, Cole had 15. He played pretty well in that game. Um, but yeah, Crane just Crane's is one of, you know, pretty much every Big East venue. It's tough to play in. Like it's tough to go on the road and, and win in the Big East. I forget what the record is if you take out Georgetown to Paul, but it's 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 a crazy record the home teams this year. Um, that's how it usually is. But yeah, you know, Creighton, I like Creighton to win that game too, because if you look, you know. Cause I, you know, I we want you know, UConn fans, we want Creighton and Marquette in the two three spot and let those two battle it out absolutely. Friday night. Yeah, the absolutely. Semis, so. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be there for the Big East semis for that game. So yeah, we definitely want them battle it out while we're playing like Seton Hall or Providence. Yeah, even though yeah, those two won't be easy either. But yeah, I'd rather much rather play one of those two than a Marquette or Creighton. I mean, right now, night. Creighton is, is the number four seed, but I think they're definitely moving up to the number three seed because I think they beat Seton Hall tonight, and yeah. then I think UConn UConn beat Seton Hall on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, they it should kind of work itself out where Creighton, yeah, it does move in that three spot. But um, yeah, I do think Creighton at home, they they find a way. I know Marquette's playing really, really well, but um, you know, I think they I think one of the days they should they just shoot the lights out of the basketball. I know yeah, Coke Brenner too. We kind of saw they're not I don't like Coke Brenner. I think he's soft, but um I think against uh, OCR Arjunar, I can't say his name now, but um <laughs> He's not, you know, we saw he's not great in the post offensively. And I, I think, you know, Cole Brenner could kind of expose that in, in, in the game on uh, Saturday. Yeah, that, sh- that should be interesting. And we'll wrap up talking about, you know, guess we're going to wrap up uh, with the Big East. It's a pretty big story. Patino going 2-0 oh. and with his with the St. John's team after the oh. comments he made. He beat Creighton. He beat Creighton after the comments he yes. made. Did we over did did, uh, did 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 these last two games change your mind on the way the program the uh, on the direction of the program St. John's direction uh, with Rick Pitino? Not yet to me, not yet because they could have a bad they could get crushed to Butler tonight. They could have a bad loss to Georgetown or DePaul, and they could be back to where they were. So I'm not totally sold yet. Yes, there's a very good chance St. John's could win four of their next five. I don't know if they're going to make the, they're probably not going to make the tournament, but there's a good chance they could win for, you know, for their last five after Patino's comments. But I, it, it is definitely not, it still hasn't changed my opinion on the direction of the program with Rick Patino. I still think it's very questionable right now. I, I still think, I'm still, I still think the jury is out that Patino, if, if, if Patino was going to turn St. John's around. Yeah. Um, you know, for them right now, see, I, 
thing I brought up last week, like after they Creighton just beat UConn, the court storm, like we saw last night with Lake Forest. After you storm a court, the next game, you just, you know, it's a flat spot, you know, for every team. Um, so I don't think I was totally surprised with that last night. Butler's, they've really, they've four, they've lost four and yeah. five of six. Yeah, like they're not, they're, they're reeling right to, now. Yeah, they're starting to fall apart too. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if St. John's beats them tonight. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, and I should have known too. The minute I saw Rufatino wear that white suit, that they were not losing that game Sunday. You just, no, you just no, knew it. No, um, no, exactly. So, you know, again, like the way he goes about things, Patino, like you know, offensively they're still not great. They, you know, the, the way they shared the ball on Saturday Sunday was really impressive. Um, you know, like again, I still think Patino's a, a really good coach. He's one of the respected guys. St. John's is not is one of the hardest jobs in the Big East. Uh, Mike Rapino, their big donor NIL guy, like he owns Vitamin Water. I think on the I think it was last Wednesday or Thursday announced that he's going to donate next year like a million dollars or something. He's at least seven figures to their NIL fund. So, um, so like they're pro- they're going to you know they're going to get some good pretty good players in the in in the transfer portal. Who knows who's going to be out there right now? Um, but I still think Patino could do it. Can he get to the Final Four? Probably not. But I think he can get them the second weekend. I think all they want is to recapture some magic they had under Lou Carnesecca in the few years under Mark Jar- Mike, Mike Jarvis. Mike Jarvis, yeah. Yeah, like in the late 90s, early 2000s. That's what I think they want. And I think Patino can get them there. Again, they, they haven't made it to the Friday night of the Big East tournament since oh. Three or oh two, like it's been. 20 I think years. no, I think it's two thousand. I think it was two thousand when, when they won the Big East tournament. Oh yeah, okay, that's so, yeah, crazy. Maybe, that's crazy. Yeah, that in your own arena too. So yeah, like that's. I think they just want to get back to some of that, and I, I think he can get them there. I don't think they're gonna be a doormat. I don't think they're gonna be winning the conference every year under Bettino, but I think they'll be competitive. And I think that's all I really want is just St. John just be a competitive basketball team. That's I'm hoping Georgetown could be. And I've lost all confidence in DePaul. DePaul, DePaul oh, yeah, is going to be that yeah. doormat next. Yeah, DePaul. Yeah, exactly. 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 So, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of, you know, kind of ride the ship here and get them. Maybe, you know, maybe he'll win a Big East regular season title and a postseason one in the Big East. But, um, yeah, I think they'll be around. And I, I think he'll, he'll, you know, he'll work his magic. And lastly, you brought up court storming. And you know what happened with Filipowski on Saturday. Should court storming be banned? Should court storming be banned? I think court storming should be when you pull just a major, major upset where you're like at least like a double-digit underdog. If you're not a double-digit underdog, there's no way you should be storming the court in any of these games. What Creighton did the other night at UConn was ridiculous. It's 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 almost insulting. You're a basketball school and you beat it and you won a game that you were like a two and a half point underdog in. I think if it's a it's be a major, major upset for me to to to, to uh, want a court storming to happen. Outside of that, the t- School shouldn't be storming. Students should be storming the court. For me, yeah, I, you can't ban. I, I, I hate it. I hate that people want to bring up the idea of, of banning court storming because, like, that's what college basketball. That's one of the coolest things about basketball doing it. And I see. I know why Crane did. It was the first time they ever beat a number one ranked team in the country. Like I, you know, I understand it. They did it the right way too. They actually made it. They actually had their security guards in a line, making you know or a wall pretty much protecting all the UConn players to get off the floor. Um, but I'm with you. Like, Wake Forest is a favorite. So, yeah, you should not be storing the floor if you're a favorite. You should be doing your underdog. You beat the number one team, like, first time in school history. If it's for an upset, absolutely. Um, like, if Mississippi State beat Kentucky last night, 
they were probably going to storm the floor, even though Mississippi State was like a four-point favorite and would have been the four-point favorite. They would have stormed the court against Kentucky. That is ridiculous. They probably would have. Really yeah, I, I think crazy. they would have. It would have been the first time they beat Kentucky at home in like 16 years, something like that. So they they would have. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't like the idea of Bannock's court storming. Like I, again, it came up because of Dukey got hurt. Well, he didn't. Well, he's sore. He didn't really get hurt there. <laughs> I think uh, you look at the video. I think he embellished. Shire, a bit there. Shire was pretty said. adamant. Shire was pretty uh, adamant to I, stop it. He didn't know what he hurt. He, you know. At first it was the ankle. Now, now it's the knee. He was saying, and he's he's fine. He's playing tonight. They're playing Louisville. So, like, if he was really sore, they'd sit him for Louisville. It's Louis. It's a it's a mid major school. They lost to Paul. So, yeah, I think a little bit of embellishment there, but it doesn't shock me from from that from that school. Um, I know, I know. So, you know, I'm okay with the core storming. Just you know, again, I get it. You gotta wait, and you gotta. Like the way Crane did it, I that's what you have to do. You have to have a plan. Wake Forest didn't. So, you know, they, they just didn't. But I'm all for court storming. I think, you know, because I think it was Seth Davis, who's another Duke. He was like, we need to be more like the NBA. Like, how do you compare cows in the NBA? I want my cow basketball to be nothing like the NBA. <laughs> Me, product's not great. So I know you're a big NBA guy, but, yeah, yeah. I you know, I just, I don't, you know, like, it's 82 game schedule. They don't, you know, like you beat the Lakers great. Like you don't have a bunch of 20 year old kids like they've been, you know, drinking all day. So I just, I don't know. I just, you, you want the kids to, you want the students to enjoy the moment. Yes. Yes. So absolutely. You, you wouldn't yeah. mind if the fans rush the court. If Providence beats UConn, you wouldn't mind if the Providence fans rush the court. No, I wouldn't. I, I, it, I wouldn't. You know? Yeah. They did. UConn did a couple years ago with Nova. That was their yeah. moment. Like that was, yeah, that yeah, was I finally know. UConn's I moment. Back yeah, yeah, that was their back. That was, that was their coming back moment. Yeah, they were, that was their back to relevancy moment there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's definitely a good debate with court storming. I think it's still going to continue, but we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with it. But it, it should be interesting to see what ends up happening with it. But that's going to wrap it up for, uh, for Sports Talk with RJ. I'm Justin uh, for Justin Frio. I'm Steve Risser. We will be back next week talking about the franchise tag deadline in the NFL. And UConn's huge week in the Big East as they go to Marquette and they go to Providence. Have a uh, – yeah, so, yeah, it's a big, big week for UConn with those two games. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field. But the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, the 
Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting CloverCrestMedia.com.